0: This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jazz About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones. I'm an executive coach, and my recent book is Find Your Happy at Work. Our focus today is how to stay prepared for, and maybe to launch, a job search. Our return guest is Mark Anthony Dyson. He's a career consultant and also a popular and very generous producer of information about the job search environment. Mark runs The Voice of Job Seekers, which is a blog and podcast that could help anyone who wants to explore the job market. Today, Mark will talk about 2023 trends in the world of work and why a stellar resume just isn't enough if you're facing a career shift. He'll discuss how to get ready for a career move, and he'll share insights about the importance of soft skills, which he calls essential skills, and the problem of underemployment. Hey, Mark, I am so excited to have you back on Jazzed About Work. Every time you come, uh, we find plenty to talk about, and I always learn something new. So welcome for being here today.
0: Thank you very much for having me back. It's been quite an honor and a pleasure.
1: Well, I want to get into what's happening out there in the uh, world of work and job search, but I always like to find out what you're up to because you always seem to be at the front of the curve. So uh, would would you first tell us a little bit about your career because not all of our listeners may have heard you in earlier sessions? And then tell us what you've been doing uh, lately.
0: Well, I started out back in 2008 as a career practitioner, writing resumes, doing coaching, etc. Had some contracts that I worked with, and eventually those phased out, and I got tired of coaching one on one. But what I do love is the career space and job sp- search space, love talking about it. So I'm more like a career reporter acting as, uh, yeah, sort of a reporter, pundit, um, And but mostly and primarily a writer. I do write freelance for different sites. And uh, also you could say too, I do like the multimedia thing where I do video, I do the audio and I do the writing. And I use SlideShare even to put up different uh, presentations. Uh, I just put one up recently. Uh, But I'm reading articles, and I'm also reading my own articles on my own site, The Voice of Job Seekers Now, where people can find a few of those right now, but I plan to uh, drench it uh, with my voice Um, so people can read the articles and hear me express myself as opposed to AI. Uh, where I have some of that option right now. But uh, basically, it's, it, the Voice of Job Seekers is my place to engage my thoughts, conversations, and uh, and news about job search. So I use a multimedia approach for it.
1: You're, you're very, very generous on that side. I've got to say, the Voice of Job Seekers is just full of information that you give away free and um, you know, lots and lots of insights are there for anybody, whether they're thinking about uh, a search or, or not. Now, I'm, I'm guessing that um, a lot more people are starting to think about the possibility of a search. The tech layoffs that we've seen recently are probably causing a lot of people, even if they weren't on the layoff list, that a lot of people are probably being a little more cautious um, than they have in the past. So what's your feeling for how the job market is going to play out? Maybe in the first half of 2023, you have any thoughts about uh, unemployment and job searches or any new trends?
0: Yes. um, I think the market is splintered. The job market is splintered. I don't think we could look at it the same way we looked at in the past, like 10 years ago. Where we where, you know, a lot of us in the career space and a lot of us who were coaching and writing resumes and doing and counseling and so forth were saying the job market was overly bad just by a percentage of loan. Uh, but I think it needs to be looked at a little bit differently now because I think it is splintered in the, sec- in the sense that there are many different audiences and many different industries that face something entirely different, uh, uh, no matter where the crisis is. Uh, Just a few years ago, it was just the pandemic, and the travel and hospitality industry took a great big hit. It was really bad, but there's some other industries that really thrived during that time, like the tech industry. Now it seems like they switch roles where the tech industry has taken a great big hit and there's still tons of jobs and hospitality and travel. So I don't think we could just say one thing or another. And don't forget about the other sectors that we have, like the military sector. We still have the private uh, sectors that also experience something different. And that's where we we'll probably see a lot of the 3.7 unemployment rate that we do now. But I think... I've been looking at it and been trying to tell people to look at your industry and see what that says. A lot of times you can only find that out if you're joining industry organizations and associations that are really going to give you a better sense of what's going on. There's the fact that there's five generations in the workplace now, more than any other time. We're seeing the exiting of the baby boomers, my generation going forward. And we're seeing, you know, some people who say, well, I I really don't want the sun to go down. So they want to get back into the workforce in some capacity. But there are challenges there as well. So I don't think we can blanket say that the job market's awful or that it's great. I think people have to look at where they are just because it's snowing in Chicago doesn't mean it's not sunny in Tampa. So, you know, Oh, we can't spread blanket statements on the job market and be accurate. We've got to be careful the way that we look at it so that you have an accurate forecast of your own advice or your own industry.
1: It feels like for a while now, if there's um, one word that you have to be. Um, You have to describe yourself as if you're thinking about another job or even your current job, and that's flexible. It feels like things are not going to be in the same old stovepipes of activity and that uh, there's possibility of repurposing all the skills you have and doing something else. There are just many more possibilities if you stay kind of uh, able to be flexible. Would you Would you agree with that?
0: I believe the flexibility discussion morphs into many different ways. Probably the two biggest ones is yes, being flexible as far as when people talk about the way, whether you're working remote or hybrid. But I think there's also the flexibility of being able to take your skills from one industry and being able to apply to several different industries and being flexible that way. If you have tech skills, that doesn't mean you still can't be in the banking or like in travel and healthcare and other industries. That means you can just work tech and still be in the tech industry, but working for those areas. And I think it's the same way with a lot of other skills. Writing is the same way. This writing needed in every single industry. But just because you work in the hotel industry doesn't mean you can't be a part of that industry. You just have to find where the jobs are that require a lot of writing for the hospitality industry. So that's the thing that people, I think, are, I think there's more information out there to how to do that than any other time.
1: Mark, I think you're right. There are many ways where staying flexible can be helpful. And and being able to kind of go with the flow is a good uh, way to proceed. But sometimes it doesn't, come to us naturally. So I know I've read in your uh, material somewhere that a good starting point for getting ready for a job so- search is to do an assessment of what are your skills, what have you done, and, and, and to think about how um, you might uh, use them in different ways. Is, is that correct?
0: Having a good idea of your skills is not just good to assert into marketing materials, which where people will go first. But large in part, people don't market themselves well and present themselves well during interviews. And we're talking about marketing. We're talking about even something as basic as networking and being able to communicate those ideas of how you're going to bring value to an employer or to a collaboration if it's just one-on-one. I think a lot of people tend to look at what they've been told instead of looking a little bit deeper than that. So sometimes their assessments will help you get down to the nitty gritty, so to speak. But I think there is a way to apply those skills and a way to uh, present those skills before an employer. And that's the part that needs to be figured out. And a lot of times a good practice it, we've talked about before, creating content online is not a bad idea to be able to get that feedback that's also needed from people in your community, from your industry, people in the organizations that you're a part of that kind of promote your, your industry leadership abilities and be able to hear from other people, what they get value from, and then be able to present that to an employer. But Yes, an assessment is a great place to start and to also get focused on what's really the best place for your next moves, not just for one move, but for several moves, so that you get an idea of what that industry and how you can, how that industry is, and what ways you bring value to it.
1: So, maybe what you do is you Assess all of your skills and the things you've enjoyed and the things you're interested in, and you come up with a lot of possibilities. And then we take what uh, you suggest um, as a next step, which is to start generating content that's somehow related to all of those things uh, so that people can find you and you'll start to engage. That makes a lot of sense. But, Mark, not everybody has your skill in generating content. What Mm -hmm. if somebody agrees what that's a great plan and they have the time to lay groundwork for the future, but they're just terrified of the idea of um, publishing something and they don't know how to do it. How do you suggest people start with the idea of, of uh, creating and posting original content?
0: Well, the large part, we, Understand that most people, when they think of creating content, they think of writing something or audio or video or something where something's being published. When really, if you can just take even a smaller piece of that and start having conversations one-on-one, if it's just you and another person over the phone and creating ideas, that's still creating content. And from there, for the most part, for for a lot of us, that's where it started, is that we start to have all these ideas. Now, let's put them in a small, carefully worded post that will be useful, helpful to other people. If you don't want to go that far, that's okay. But take that intelligence somewhere and be able to insert that in another conversation or a job interview or maybe it might be fitting to put something like that on your resume to show what you've accomplished and what kind of results that you've gotten in the past that will you know that lends itself towards that but I think we tend to overthink that it needs to be this grandiose idea and we put it down and the whole world will say yay yeah, or boo and I think that's I think you need to, if you don't want to think that far, think of it in a smaller way is that you're generating an idea and you're taking that idea and you're testing it. You're getting some feedback to create more ideas. Maybe that will compel you to be able to, you know, make a post, to write an article, to do a video, or just comment on LinkedIn. That's creating content as well. You write a comment. My experience was, I experienced this in this field. This is what our protocols are. Anything. It could be that kind of way. But comments are just as much as as a conversation over the phone as much as creating content.
1: So what you're talking about, in a way, is kind of a casual, accessible approach to, to personal branding. And I know a lot of people don't like that word. But I think... Branding uh, is reflection of what other people think about you. And one of the ways you can shape or supplement your brand is is with what you say, how you talk, uh, what you say to other people. All of that becomes part of your personal brand. And you're making this sound so much more um possible if what we might do is just take some of those thoughts, some of those opinions in the context of our work, and, and put them as a comment on LinkedIn, or maybe posting somebody else's article with a paragraph of why you think it's important. That's content, right?
0: That's content. And what people look for growth, and where we get a lot of career growth, is feedback, is hearing you know, what others think. They might not even tell you whether you're right or wrong for that to be the right answer or the wrong answer. But what you'll get is a sense of where people are, and you'll get a sense of being able to meet that person's need. If you meet someone through a comment, which often happens as you well know, then it often will take off into something else, and it grows from there. And then after you've had those interactions for so long, You have enough intel to be your own publisher in the the form of content. Now, again, we're not saying that you have to do it one way. We're just suggesting that if you think about it in the smallest step, that that can actually create something for you to gain momentum in your job search. I think any little bit actually helps. I don't think you should look at one one thing and think that's the magic pill.
1: So what I think often happens when somebody is thinking about hiring, whether it's an employee or a contractor, or uh, maybe uh, just recruiting somebody as a, as a friend, a lot of people um, do a little research. They Google it. They look on LinkedIn. They try to get a sense of who this person is before uh, they go very far down the line. So it doesn't matter that you're not saying a lot. It doesn't matter if people aren't going to read your whole piece. It's what a quick review sometimes will tell about you. It shows that you're interested in X, Y, and Z. It shows that you have initiative when you think about things. Or it shows you're an engaged person. But if there's nothing around about you, it doesn't mean you're safe. That just feels like something may be wrong, I think. Uh, It feels like having some kind of presence and some kind of content, uh, if we define it broadly, it's almost uh, like a, a, nece- a necessity for professionals today, isn't it?
0: Yes, and you bring up something that's pretty important, but I think it's developed lately in the way that Google and even Yahoo have changed uh, and probably other search engines are changing. Comments are beginning to show up at, if you Google your name. So what I recommend usually is, and I've reckoned in past that people start Googling their name regularly, how you want it to appear in person and online or how you have it currently. Now, if you Google your name, I usually put quotes around my name so I can get an accurate... Uh, how should I say it? So you can get an accurate feel for your name. So I may even go to a browser... I'll use the Chrome browser and use the new private window. That way there are no there's nothing from the history or how you search is involved. Then I put quotes around your name and then Google it or do whatever the search is. If you use Brave, it's already a private and doesn't hold any of your past history or search to influence how your results will come up. And you'd be surprised these days... My LinkedIn comments are showing in my Google search. The really? <laughs> little comments I put, yes, I found it fascinating. I mean it, many people if you don't if you haven't done it lately, now Google is just showing up as, as just one long page that continues if you want to. It doesn't show up in you know one, two, three, four, five, and bottom. Yeah, who still does that? Google doesn't do that now and it's like brave maybe google will show even more but my main point is that the comments are beginning to show up from my twitter and from my linkedin now i don't have facebook and instagram anymore so i can't really speak that although you might see some but linkedin definitely they're prominent there so it's likely that you may see whatever comments you make on linkedin in your Google search, and people could find the comments, making you a little bit more searchable and findable.
1: Yes, and a little bit more willing to take the time to focus in on some uh, comments ab- about your work, and you know, letting people know. It's like um, bread crumbs along the path so people can follow you professionally, I think makes some sense. Uh, On on the other hand, we still have to remind people, particularly younger people, that um, if you get furious on Facebook and really get ugly about it, or if you um, have too much to drink and uh, change your, um, your LinkedIn profile, whatever it is that can be a problem down the road because I I know of uh, people who did not get the job because a a search showed that, oh, I don't want to work with this person or this isn't a reliable person. So we got to be cautious. I want to change topics a little bit and going back to the idea of an assessment, of looking at your skills. One thing that um, I've heard a lot in talking with say clients who are trying to hire people, and I, in fact, one of them said to me recently, You know, I think we have um, totally managed to find the people with the technical skills, but we don't have a way, we, we've never worked at hiring people with soft skills. Soft skills are what seem to be in demand in a lot of places, even in tech companies in some roles, and yet. People are a little awkward in talking about their soft skills, or, or maybe they don't even know what's considered a soft skill now. You want to comment a little bit on any trends you've seen on the role that uh, an awareness and uh, descriptor of, of soft skills can affect a job search?
0: Sure. I like the term essential skills, really, instead mm-hmm. of soft skills, because those are the things that really people, those are the skills that can be used at different. Uh, across multiple industries. So it's not lending itself to just one industry. Do you have to have that skill though? There might be the case where it is, but it has many different applications. I think employers who hire for character, we can call it that too, uh, know that they can train skills, but personality, temperament, and certain leadership skills are often the innate skills they can't hire for, but desire. Whether in a job interview or LinkedIn update, telling stories where you are the actual storyteller or the protagonists in the sense that you're attacking or you're addressing the problem, not the people or part of the problem, but the problem as the antagonist can intrigue people to know more about you and your journey. So I think all that can come across in the storytelling is you give examples of what you've done, what you've accomplished, give the scenario, what the problem was, what the solution is, and how you give yourself toward that, and how it has manifested itself in other places. Maybe it manifests throughout the companies or department, throughout the industry, whatever that is. So I think it's all in how you communicate it. But at the same time, I think employers can do a better job in how they communicate what they want from people instead of relying on ten-year-old, five-year-old job descriptions they wrote a long time ago. Because people can only give you what they understand you want. Now it's up to a job seeker, job seeker to dig a little bit deep and research some of the people and some of the feel that they get as far as the their soft skill acumen but ultimately it is it is up to both parties to kind of say well, these are the kind of the way I can add value and the employer kind of communicate this is the way that we look at value and how we look at you.
1: So the cues are to help somebody decide whether or not they're going to emphasize their essential skills. And I, I agree with you that's a better word, but that's not the word sometimes uh, people use to describe what we're talking about. Of but course not. um when um, when you when you do that uh, it can help you even if you're not job searching. I'm I'm thinking that as the It's gotten to be hard to uh, recruit sometimes. A lot of employers are being more flexible, more willing to allow people to change jobs, to do quite different things in the same organization. Mm -hmm. But if you're feeling like that, that you want to do something different, maybe you're bored, maybe you feel underemployed, whatever it is, uh, you have to build some credibility about your ability to make the shift. And so that could be when um, essential uh, skills like collaboration and team building and those things. You, you might be able to show where you could repurpose those. Um, but I have a, a, a question particularly, because uh, I know you wrote about this recently, and I was really taken by your writing. Sometimes people do want to do something different. Maybe they like where they are, or they like the field, but they're feeling underemployed. And you wrote, I thought, very um, uh, empathetically about the problem of unemployment, if, if you were talking with a friend who said they were really underemployed, what would you suggest they do? How, how do they get started with dealing with underemployment?
0: I think one of the things is people are different places with underemployment. I will say that these days people can leverage underemployment if they're willing to take a job that doesn't require a lot of their Mental energy and be able to focus in on their next steps. That's one way of underemployment. I don't think that's necessarily the same as somebody who's had their head down for a year or two and the industry, their job, perhaps a lot of times the industry and the, the skills that are related to that has passed them by, that they're on to something else. And that's why it's so important to do career development, to do it to do it constantly to help future-proof your career and making sure that you always be in touch with it. But I think one thing that uh, once upon a time, Payscale had the study, they believe 46% of the respondents believed that they were underemployed. And I think that might be a little bit lower today or might be a little bit different. But uh, one of of those respondents, 76% said they felt underemployed Because they weren't using their education or their training. And there we can get into some other layered discussion regarding underemployment. We talked about how uh, formal education versus getting certificates or getting other additional training. All that to say Mm -hmm. that underemployment is something that people will have to decide to get up and do proactively. Otherwise, you do fall behind. Or if you're just trying to keep up, you're going to fall behind because things change so drastically and so quickly. So I think managing that with your life and your skills, the better way to manage it is to plan on investing your own money into getting the current skills and remaining ahead of the curve. One thing that people have relied on in the past is their job to keep them you know, up abreast in their industry. And that's not necessarily the case because they don't want to spend the money. And in fact, a lot of times layoffs are a good sign that nobody won't be doing some training for a little while to get past those dark clouds and, and stormy weather, the snowstorms uh, of, of their industry and their career. So I think people have to take charge in that kind of way. So they can also control the narrative in their career as we talk about how we need to post content and the value we bring to online conversations and offline conversations is you want to show that you're relevant and that's a problem when people feel that you don't because then you don't get the word about you doesn't get passed on in a very natural and organic way.
1: Well, a good starting point, as you said, is is to take a course or develop do some development work or uh, learn something new in some way. If you're feeling underemployed, it probably is a suggestion that you're not stretching yourself you're not excited about things nothing new is happening nothing new comes up each day. So even if um, the current your current employer isn't interested in those things if you can start, learning something new, picking up a new skill set. You might find ways to do it in your day job, but you're going to have that same excitement and energy in your day job if you do it as a side gig sometimes or if you do it as a hobby. Learning something new seems to change your whole relationship with work, and when you get more excited about work, you don't feel so underemployed, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think people get over, it could be be overwhelming to find out that you don't have X, Y, and Z skill to move to the next step or to get the promotion, whatever that case may be. It could be underwhelming though, if you are not getting the skills and you're not able to use it. And that's why the volunteer part can come in and really give you a small boost so that you can get that feedback, as we talked about earlier. You can get people and have those conversations that will help you carry yourself to the next step if you have enough of them.
1: Well, we're just getting close to being out of time, but the Mm -hmm. one other thing I wanted to touch upon is um, something else that you've written about, and that is the importance, the value of doing volunteer work. I've really Mm -hmm. seen people... uh, use volunteer activity to um, help shape a new direction. Are, are you seeing that too?
0: Yes, I, more people are beginning to do that. And that's where it, volunteer doesn't have to be a structured activity where you, you're a part of this organization, and you do these things for no pay or no money. A lot of times there are other things you can use as a trade-off. You can do a volunteer project or do a project, even online, where you can stay home and and do a flexible. You can work with uh, organizations that do online uh, work and, and have a place for people to do it online. You could take that and say, hey, do you mind giving me a reference of some type or writing a recommendation on LinkedIn? saying how that was, how my work and how it was used for your organization for the good and how it really helped you and bring that kind of value. That's just as good as getting any kind of job recommendation. But that's also the experience too, that you could take something that you've learned or that you've been able to glean, apply it to what somebody needs and that becoming fruitful labor. If I could use that term, yeah. it, it, it is something that, you, that has turned out to be of value to someone else in an organization or even to just another person. But if they can write you in a sense that you have offered value to them, an employer is going to look at it as something value to you if, if that could be very clear and evident that you've made those efforts.
1: And, and your efforts there it's another thing you can create content about you can write about yeah. something you learned or you can comment elsewhere so that's one more way to um, create content that's going to help you whether you're staying or um, you're looking for another job well Mark yeah. as always it feels um, uh, good to talk to you I like to feel like when I talk to you I know the latest trends in the job market and uh, I'm always appreciative of the empathy you show for for job seekers and I urge them uh, to continue to use you as a reference for uh, the the website is the voice of job seekers correct
0: correct voiceofjobseekers.com just as it sounds
1: okay Okay. it's a good place to go thanks for being here Mark
0: thank you again for having me
1: Today we've been talking with Mark Anthony Dyson about the 2023 job market and how to thrive as you consider change. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Find Your Happy at Work. Today's tip is that smart professionals are always thinking about their next career phase. The best time to prepare for a job search is when you don't need one. I love that you're listening to jazz About Work, and I'd be pleased to hear from you. If you have suggestions for our show, please contact me at Jones at me.com. That's B-E-V-E-R-L-Y-E-J-O-N-E-S at me.com.